The Atlanta Braves have a ton of starting pitching depth, but could Darius Vines get an opportunity in 2023? And the Braves are lacking a lot of position player prospects at the minor league level. Is David McCabe set up to be that guy going forward? It's Miners Monday on the podcast. We're going to take a look at both of those prospects for the Atlanta Braves. We're also going to talk about a couple of candidates who could regress and some who are looking to either break out or bounce back in 2023. We'll discuss all of that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, check out my website, shortstopball.com. See all my previous work and some of my written material as well. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcasters. Anything that you would like to see me do to improve the podcast, please send me a message in my DMs. I'm always looking to make this a better podcast experience for you and to become a better podcast host myself. So feel free to share those thoughts and ideas with me. I want to make this the best show as possible for you. And as always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of every day. Before we get into today's Miners Monday episode, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. This is a Miners Monday episode of a Locked On Braves. We're going to be talking about Darius Vines, who could get an opportunity as soon as the 2023 season, and David McKay, one of my favorite bats coming out of this past draft. We'll talk about both of them. We're also going to talk about Kyle Wright as a potential regression candidate and Ronald Acuna Jr as a possible bounce back candidate today as well. Well, let's jump into our Miners Monday segment and Darius Vines, seventh round pick in 2019 out of Cal State Bakersfield, 24 years old at present day, six foot one, 190 pounds. So not necessarily a big guy on the mound, not a uh, overpowering pitcher by any means, whether in looks or in velocity, a fastball that's Mainly sits in the low 90s at times. We'll even go 89 miles per hour. So not a high-velocity fastball from Darius Vine, Darius Vines, but did really good work in 2022. Overall, 8-4, 3.77 ERA, and that was after a pretty bad start at the AA level for Vines. A 1.23 whip, 140 and two-thirds innings pitched, 156 strikeouts, and a 240 opponent's batting average over the 2022 season had seven games at triple a to end the year five starts a 3-2-1 era a 1-2-8 whip 33 and two-thirds innings 29 strikeouts so you saw the strikeouts go down a little bit as he got up to the highest minor league level and a 228 opponent's batting average in those 33 and two-thirds innings at triple a this past year I mentioned the fastball. It's mostly 91, 92 miles per hour. Can sometimes get it up to 94, but it's mostly a low 90s fastball. And that's what's going to hold him back, I think, from becoming, you know, more of a middle to top of the rotation 
type of pitcher. And this season, he really started featuring the slider changeup, especially the second half of the season where things took off from him. And it's pretty easy to see why you look at some of his starts from the second half of 2022. And it's a very effective combination, especially using these two pitches back to back because this slider has really good 12-6 movement on it, almost more so of a slurve, but he throws the slider and changeup at about the same speed. The changeup's more around 80 miles per hour and the, the slider more at around any, really anywhere from 81 to 83 miles per hour that I saw. So they're about the same speed and they break different ways. His changeup, I thought, was really impressive going back and watching his outings. It has really get great fade as a right-handed pitcher, really good arm side run into right-handed hitters. And then, like I said, that slider has also has that downward break, but more so going away from right-handed hitters. So I thought he used those two off-speed pitches really well together and kind of tunneling them, you know, where they're basically on the same plane and then the cha changeup breaks down into righties and that slider breaks down and away from righties. So, you know, that's really where his money is going to come from if he's going to become something at a major league level. I really think it's going to be because of those breaking pitches. I mentioned the fastball velocity. I think it's kind of holds back his ceiling as being a, a back of the rotation starter who's really going to count on that deceptiveness of those off-speed pitches in order to have success. So I look at him right now as a, a fourth or fifth starter. I really think that's his, his ceiling. Um, perhaps even becoming uh, a solid bullpen arm. And I think that's certainly possible for him if he doesn't work out as a starter. I do think he's, you know, he's down the depth chart a good bit coming into the year, but certainly, you know, if he puts up another good season and starts to show a little bit more of the strikeout and the swing and miss at the AAA level that he saw at the AA level last year, I think he'll definitely be knocking on the door to get an opportunity. Brave starting pitching depth, though, is pretty big right now but they traded off a couple of those guys Freddie Tarnett Kyle Muller this offseason that definitely bumped vines up I think he could also be you know a trade chip if there's a move to be made at the trade deadline maybe to pick up uh, a left fielder I think vines is certainly somebody who could be who could be moved um, but that's Darius Vines that's kind of my look at him let me know if you agree what you think of him and what type of pitcher that he could be um, but that's kind of where I view Darius Vines right now, more of a finesse-type pitcher with his off-speed pitches and a, a back-of-the-rotation starter. Now, shifting gears to the offensive side of things and looking at David McCabe, this was the bat I was really interested in coming out of the draft. I was really kind of high on him, and I'm not saying I'm not anymore, but there were some things I saw in his swing, especially from the left side, that kind of worry me a little bit as he gets to professional baseball. But David McCabe, a fourth-round pick in this last draft out of Charlotte, a corner infielder, switch hitter, imposing in the box. I talked about Darius Vines, you know, 6'1", 190. Doesn't look like an imposing figure on the mound, but that is not true for David McCabe in the batter's box. Six foot four, 230 pounds. I mean, he comes in there. He looks like somebody that's going to do damage. And he did that at Charlotte last year and really the last two years. But this past season at Charlotte slashed 386, 513 and a slugging percentage of 784. There are players who don't have an OPS near that high on in Major League Baseball. He had a slugging percentage 
of 784 with 16 home runs in 42 games. So the Braves certainly drafting him, hoping that power potential is going to play. He did get 26 games in at single A Augusta this past year, slash 260, 348, 350. So didn't show that power in a small sample size, just one home run and six doubles in 26 games, 15 walks to 27 strikeouts. Did strike out a good bit, and that's one thing I noticed in the games I watched of David McCabe. Really aggressive hitter early in counts. One game I watched, he swung at the first pitch and put it in play on his first three at-bats, and only reason he didn't on his fourth at-bat is because the pitcher was all over the place and just couldn't get close to the strike zone, and he still took that at-bat to a 3-2 count before walking. So a very aggressive hitter, going to strike out a lot, but Braves are really hoping that that power potential pays off. I mentioned the left-handed swing, a little bit of a concern for me, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a scout, I'm not a hitting coach, but he really steps out a good bit and pulls off the baseball. His his hips, his front foot, or everything are going towards the right field foul pole. Although the one hit I saw him get was to a left center gap, so he was able to keep the bat in the zone long enough to be able to take the ball the other way. But it just seems like. There's a lot of pull side power for David McCabe, and I just I wonder if that gets exposed at the professional level. So that does give me a little bit of cause for concern. This isn't necessarily a concern, but I do think he ultimately moves to either a first base DH type role. The Braves have him at third base right now, and I actually saw him make a couple of strong throws from third base, but I think he ultimately moves to first base DH and maybe even more so at DH, but Look, I think the the hope for the Braves is that he becomes a switch hitting DH, which would be very valuable and somebody who can hit 30 home runs a year. Uh, and hopefully somebody, you know, who who learns to become a, a you know, a better hitter, overall hitter and have a better approach at the plate to to take some walks and, and get on base. But I, I think that is the ceiling for David McCabe, a switch hitting first base DH, 30 home run, maybe even more potential. That's what the Braves are certainly hoping for, and we'll see if that pans out for David McCabe in his first full professional year in 2023. That's your Miners Monday segment, looking at Darius Fines and David McCabe. Next, I want to talk about a regression candidate for the Atlanta Braves and Kyle Wright and a bre- breakout bounce-back candidate in Ronald Acuna Jr. We'll talk about them next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. You got the NFL playoffs coming up. You got NBA in full swing, NHL as well. And Major League Baseball will be here before you know it. You can get soccer information as well. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like this one, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info and be able to bet responsibly. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at Bet Online, where the game starts. So I somewhat started a, a you know breakout bounce back segment the other day talking about Charlie Morton because a lot of you asked me about Charlie Morton and whether or not we can see him get back to his typical self and kind of dove deep into that and why I think he certainly can if you want to go back and give that a listen but I want to kind of continue that segment and look at a regression candidate for the Braves and look at a bounce back candidate for the Braves and point out a couple of stats for why that might be and I've 
mentioned this one a couple of times now as a regression candidate, and that's Kyle Wright. And I'm not trying to take away anything from Kyle Wright. I, I loved what I saw from him in 2022, and it was great to see him finally pitch with confidence and trusting that sinker and trusting his stuff in the zone and being able to get that that contact and be able to get the ball on the ground. I worry a lot because of the shift going away and how that affects ground ball pitchers like Kyle Wright, who had a 55.5% ground ball rate last year. And with the shift going away, does he see more hits sneak through? Uh, I think that's certainly something to worry about and something to look at with him. He was also in the 35th percentile in average exit velocity and 23rd percentile in hard hit percentage, means meaning he was you know giving up a lot of hard contact, but a lot of it was being spiked into the ground for easy ground outs. But with the shift going away, again, that leads to the potential for more of those ground balls to get through. You look at his expected batting average as well based on some of those percentages, and it was 12 points higher than his actual 232 opponent's batting average again. So right there shows you perhaps was getting you know a little bit lucky with the outcomes last year. And again, just the biggest reason of concern for me, and this is not just Kyle Wright, but this really speaks to any ground ball pitcher, is what does the shift going away do for them? We've talked a lot about what it will do for the hitters like Matt Olson, uh, Ozzy Albies, you know, a lot of left-handed hitters who turn, tend to pull the ball to the right side, but you got to think of it on the flip side as well. How does it affect those ground ball pitchers? And Kyle Wright had one of the highest ground ball rates of all pitchers last year. So you got to be a little concerned, I think, uh, about him having some regression. Now, even with that, if Kyle Wright continues to you know have that good sinker, that good curveball and trust his stuff and you know not walk a ton of batters get ahead in counts and, and still get those ground balls I still think he's going to be a good pitcher but you know he's a guy who last year I mean he was pitching a lot of times like a, a number two starter perhaps we see him take a step back to a number three starter I still think he's going to be really good in the Braves rotation it's just the high ground ball rate the shift going away gives me a little cause for concern in Kyle Wright and I think we see perhaps a little bit of regression for him hope not hope he goes out there and wins 20 games again for sure but i think it's just logical to be a little concerned about some regression for kyle wright now as far as the braves bounce back candidate in 2023 i don't think there's a bigger one than ronald acuna jr so certainly want to start out talking about him as he gets further removed from this acl injury and learning how to play with that and play through that you know, a lot of last year for him was just learning to play through the discomfort because that's going to come. And it's unfortunately going to be something that he just has to learn to deal with and fight through and learn how to adjust to it. And the Braves were obviously very cautious with him last year to the point where it almost just seems for him. He was he was just frustrated all year long. You didn't see him playing a lot of times with that joy and passion that he brings to the game because it's just, it seemed like, you know, every couple of weeks or so he was getting set down for three or four days just to keep him healthy and try to keep him ready for the playoffs where he was good and one of the Braves best hitters. But you just wonder, you know, now that he's 
further away from that ACL now that he's had time to learn how to to deal with that and what it's going to feel like throughout the season. Now he has a full offseason to recover from that and get ready, although he's playing a lot over in Venezuela as well and, and doing well where he is playing there. Um, but still, you're getting a full offseason to prepare for that, coming to spring training, ready to go. And if that happens, I think we're looking at a, a big year for Ronald Acuna Jr. And just diving into the numbers, and we talked about this a lot last year as well, 86th in average exit velocity, 92nd percentile and hard hit percentage. He hit the baseball hard. That was not the problem. That was no different than the Ronald Acuna Jr. we've seen in the past. He still continued to hit the ball hard. He had an expected slugging percentage of 486. His actual slugging percentage last year was 413. So that right there tells you he's already due to be even better. And he wasn't bad last year. Like this is the thing. This is where we're at with Ronald Acuna Jr. He was well above average player last year, but we are used to him being obviously at an MVP level. And certainly the metrics show that he can be that. The one key area is the average launch angle. His average launch angle last year was 10.8 degrees, which was well below where he was the last two years at 18 degrees. Even before that, 14 and 15 degrees. You know, that's where he really wants to get back to that 15 to 18 range. And I think a lot of that comes from the trust in that knee, being able to trust that backside to bend that knee to get that lift on the baseball. How many times did we see him crush a ball to the left side, but on the ground, right to the the shortstop or the third baseman? Once he starts to trust that knee a little bit more and get that lift back on the baseball, we're going to see him driving balls into the left center field gap and over the fence in left field. And hopefully we see him taking a little bit more to the other other way as well. So that's really it for Ronald Acuna Jr. And I think that directly shows the fact that he was struggling with just trusting that knee and being able to bend it to get that lift on the baseball. If he can just do that, everything else is there for him to get back to that MVP level. So certainly somebody to watch in 2023 to bounce back from being a really good player to being one of the best players in all of baseball. All right, we'll take another break here, come back, answer some of your chat questions, and then also just a little bit of news. An outfielder signed over the weekend that I thought made a lot of sense for the Braves, and he ended up not being that expensive, but the Braves do not get him. We'll talk about that next. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then I've got the thing just for you. Again, you got to try Built Bar with Built Healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. It's the perfect New Year's resolution. Built Balls, Built Bars, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They have unbelievable flavors. You can go to built.com to check them all out. But my personal favorite right now is the peanut butter brownie. You got to go and check that out. They also got coconut almond for you coconut lovers out there. I'm telling you, when you're eating a Built Bar, it's just like you're eating a healthy candy bar. That's how good it tastes. Just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can order them online at built.com like you always have, or now you can actually get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club in the pharmacy section. However you get them, make sure 
that you go out and grab your built bars today. All right, over the weekend, AJ Pollock signed a one year, $7 million deal with the Seattle Mariners. And Pollock is somebody we've talked about a lot this offseason as a potential candidate for the Braves, somebody I really liked, but somebody I thought might be a little bit more expensive who could get a chance to play every day. And maybe, you know, he might get more playing time with the Mariners. I'm not sure, but I thought that would have been a good deal for the Braves. I would have liked it more over Jordan Luplow. Um, you know, I thought I hate the Jordan Leplow signing, but Pollock's just been more consistent against lefties throughout his entire career. Now he is, in my mind, pretty much a platoon player at this point. But one year, $7 million for a really good platoon player who's not terrible defensively and a corner outfield spot was actually solid in left field last year. And one year, $7 million, and not a bad deal. Uh, certainly would not have been upset at all to see the Braves make that move, but not the case. He goes to the Mariners. Also, a little bit of NL East news. The Phillies trade for Gregory Soto, uh, hard-throwing left-handed reliever, so they bulk up their bullpen a little bit, and we're still waiting on the Carlos Correa news. We do not have a resolution there yet, so uh, still hanging out there. Perhaps there's a chance the Braves jump in on that. We've heard over the weekend as well, maybe the Twins are back in on Carlos Correa, but still waiting to hear what's going on there. Doc's Cards asked, Shoemake or Grissom? I mentioned Shoemake last week. I think I talked about him on the last Miners Monday. If the Rays wanted to just go with somebody defensively, Shoemake's better, at least from what we've seen at the minor league level so far defensively. Uh, Grissom, obviously, much better with the bat. I would go with Grissom uh, over Shoemake if that's the question. Um, but I do think there's an opportunity for Shoemake to perhaps get a, a chance. Uh, if he came into spring training and, again, showed that he could be solid defensively and handle the job defensively, maybe not to start, but perhaps in a bench-type role with Arcia getting the everyday opportunity and Shoemake perhaps handling a bench utility type role as a defensive player. Uh, Jimmy Hall says, what about Schuster and Dodd? Uh, talked about both of those guys already. And I think they're, I think Schuster is certainly ahead of Darius Vines in the pecking order. As far as the depth charts goes, I see Schuster more as a three, four type starter. Uh, Dylan Dodd's the one I think perhaps has a little bit more upside and somebody I'm a little bit more excited about, but yeah, certainly Schuster, Dodd, Vines, you know, all those guys are right there knocking on the door. CW says, what do you think of Bob Nightingale calling the Braves front office the KGB of MLB front office since referencing us not linking any info or rumors on deals until announced? I think it's a great way to do business if you're the Braves. I think that's how you should do it. It's unfortunate as fans and as, um, you know, a content creator because I need those leaks and rumors to be able to to talk about things and discuss things with you, but you know it's absolutely the right thing to do as Alex Anthopoulos and the front office to keep everything in-house and be as tight-lipped as you can. Jacob Patton said, with no big free agent moves for the Braves this offseason, are there any free agents next offseason that look interesting, love the podcast? So I'll be honest, I have not looked at the free agents for next year. I will tell you this, what holes are you looking at next off season for the Atlanta Braves. I mean, everything is so tied up 
beyond this year already, there's going to be several off seasons here coming up where there's just not going to be a lot of work to do. Now, I'm just quickly looking at 2024 MLB free agents. Max Scherzer uh, is possibly out there. Manny Chato, it seems like he is going to be opting out. Shohei Otani, obviously. Um, you know, there are you know going to, going to obviously be some solid players out there. But you look at, you know, the shortstop position, if things don't work out with Vaughn Grissom, you know, Javier Baez has an opt-out. I don't think he's taking that because overpaid as it is, there's really not anything outside of him. Ahmed Rosario of Cleveland, who I don't see as a, a long-term fix. Tim Anderson has the ability to become a free agent next offseason, but I believe that's a club option at not a lot of money, so White Sox likely pick that up. Um, you know, outfielders, I don't know that we're going to see a ton there either. Uh, Michael Conforto, who signed a you know a one-year deal, will be back out there. Cody Ellinger, uh, Hunter Renfro, you know those types of players. So I don't see a ton on the free agent market, and the Braves don't have to go out and do a ton because a lot of players are locked up. And if Vaughn Grissom is the future at shortstop, you're really looking at at left field, maybe DH. Um, that you have to upgrade position player-wise, and really the pitching staff is pretty much set as well. So there's going to be a couple of off-season years where, where you may not see the Braves make a big move in free agency. Jacob Patton also said, with Freed assumably walking in two years, could Wright or Strider step in as our ace? I've kind of been on the bandwagon for a little bit now that I think Strider becomes the ace of this staff. I'm, I believe highly in him going forward and his talents and what I think he will be. And I could, I could easily see him becoming the ace of this staff, you know, in the next couple of years. And certainly after freed walks and free agency, which I think he will uh, vote. Yes. Said what happened to Waskari Noah end of the year injured uh, will not be pitching for next year either, I believe. So he's just hurt right now. Ballard Sports Media, how are we feeling about Max Freed this year as far as starting and being a go-to guy, more or less, of him in 23? I think he's going to be the ace of the Braves. I, you know, We just talked about Strider becoming that ace. I still think it's Max Freed going into 2023. He's still the guy I want to hand the ball to in a big game. Um, so I'm looking forward to a big year for Max Freed. He's kind of been knocking on the door of Cy Young. You know, Maybe this is the year. He gets it. I think he'll certainly be in that discussion again. But I love Max Free, but unfortunately, I just think he's gone in two years. And I think Braves fans need to certainly enjoy what they get out of him. The Braves have gotten a lot out of him. He's been here a while already and still has two years left. And then I think he's going to make the most of his one chance in free agency. Um, William Fulgham says the free agent market and after the 24 and pitching is crazy with some great pitchers, including Max Freed. Yeah, Max Freed will be after the 24 season, but I did, we just haven't seen the Braves go out and do a lot long-term wise free agency with starting pitchers. So that's just one of those things until I see Alex actually do it. It's going to be hard for me to see the Braves being big players in free agency for starting pitching on more than a, you know, a short-term type deal like they've done with the Dallas Keuchel's, the Drew Smiley's, the Charlie Morton's you know, taking those short, high AAV deals, that's kind of been the MO for starting pitching for the Atlanta Braves so far. Our last question here, P Pierce Gilbert with Ozuna and free contracts off the books. 
after the 2024 season, is there enough funds to splash on left field shortstop or starter, but not over the tax? Um, there will certainly be a good a bit of money, a good amount of money coming off with Ozuna's money coming off the books and Max Fried, you know, becoming a free agent. He's still in arbitration, but that number is going to be getting up close to 20 million in his last year of arbitration. So that's going to be, you know, nearly 40 million probably coming off the books between those two. So that's going to open up a good amount to be able to spend if they wanted to go out and get a starting pitcher. But like I just said, we've yet to see Alex really do that long term for a starter. We'll see what happens. That's a two years is a lot of time to see how things play out. Again, Von Grissom could become that answer at shortstop long term. And that you know answer is solved. Perhaps there's somebody that steps up in the outfield and becomes a solution there. Two years is a long time. We'll, we'll know a lot more at that point. But that is going to be a lot of money coming off the books, giving the Braves the opportunity to spend or maybe get under the luxury tax. If they're in the tax these next two years, then that's going to be a year that they're probably going to want to get under the tax or else it really goes up significantly to a 50% tax on overages. So that's something to keep in mind as well all right thanks for the questions thanks for your time on the podcast today wherever you're listening going into work on a monday morning i hope you have a great week thanks for making lockdown braves your first listen of every day now go make your second listen to lockdown mlb prospects podcast since we're doing a miners monday you want to continue to learn about prospects go on over to lockdown mlb prospects where Lindsay crosby is a prospect encyclopedia talking about the biggest stars of tomorrow Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 